end of the wormhole is currently stable. To Into the Wormhole with Larissa and Lauren. I'm Larissa Maestro, your captain, and here with me is my number one, Lauren Lowen. Hey. Hi. Hey. What's up? (laughs) 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 Trying to think of something funny. No. We're still on the internet. We are. We are eventually going to be going back into the We Own This Town studios, which is very exciting. Um. But I just wanted to, I just want to really quickly mention, hey, Lauren, did you hear that our theme song is different I, this week? I did. I suddenly feel like really chill and relaxed and kind of like, yeah, right? got my, I got my vibe on. I like leaned back in my chair slightly. Um, that is because we have a new Star Trek remix remix of our theme song. <laughs> our theme song this week was remixed by Paul Horton, a.k.a. No Stress. He just released an album through YK Records, which is the same sort of umbrella as We Own This Town, which produces our podcast. And I approached him and was like, do you want to remix our theme song for our remix series? And he was like, yes. And then he sent this. And I was like, yes. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. It's awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's so awesome. And we love it so much. We are going to have him on the show soon as a guest. He also loves Star Trek and actually has read some of the novels. And I'm interested to see what he has to say about the novels, actually, Um, because we have yet to talk about anything other than the TV shows and the movies. I Yeah. And I've never read the books. I've never read the comic books. I'm I'm a visual media person when it comes to Star Trek. Uh, and so you guys have roped me into reading a Star Trek book called Imzadi. And I looked at the cover and I was like, sold, sold. Looks like there's some time travel. <laughs> we have double Riker yep. fun, maybe. Like, I'm looking forward to it. I just I just want oh, like yeah. one of those classic romance novels covers, you know, oh, it's yeah. always like the woman and she has like one part of her dress is hanging off her shoulder. And yep. Yeah. Maybe I'll illustrate yep. that. I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. Wonderful. <laughs> so thank you so much. Thank you so much, Paul Horton, a.k.a. No Stress, for remixing our theme song. Please go find them on Instagram. Uh, he's on Instagram at no.s.t.r.e.s.s. That na- Wait, that handle's kind of <laughs> giving me stress, even though it's <laughs> supposed to be no stress. Uh, uh, and his website is www.no-stress.me so check him out the his his uh his album is super cool prelude number one is very fun highly recommend highly enjoy uh so this week is a star trek remix episode if you uh missed that somehow in the ramblings that we just did and this time we're going to be talking about the two episodes that take on ai rights 
in these series um, and that are the most similar in that there is a trial. Yes. <laughs> deciding the rights of uh, a crew member who is artificial intelligence. So those two episodes are obviously Measure of a Man, TNG, one of the best episodes of Next Generation. And I would, and I would say even Star Trek in general, a lot of people would say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And surprisingly, it's season two. <laughs> season two, episode nine, Measure of a Man. And then the season seven Voyager episode, Author, Author, which is where the EMH ends up on trial deciding whether he has rights as a person under the Federation. <laughs> purely, so we're going to go ahead and copyright <laughs> laws, which I like. <laughs> right? It's a very specific thing. I know. <laughs> it is so specific. It's like, this is what takes you to like intellectual property right, is yeah. what, what gets, ends up getting us to uh, actual human rights. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of feel like we're probably going to talk about the measure of a man first. I mean, I mean, we can do like a short recap of each episode, but like, I'm really interested in comparing how, the writers get us to the place where we're actually talking about the the rights of the person because yes. they're very very different yes. or or the trajectories are are different but we we end up sort of in similar places by the it's, end of the episode. I think this is really interesting. Let's see. Have we done two of these? I believe we did Naked Time, Naked Now, and then we did the the triple episodes Tribbles. with the yeah. TOS and Deep Space Nine. And those, we really did have to get the, into the specifics of like, this is what happens in this episode. And then this is what happens because those were so connected and sort of the tone and the theme. And yeah, what's interesting about these is that they're they're very different episodes and they do mm-hmm. have that in common. So this is kind of a, uh, I think it'd be a fun remix for us to do because it does differ in, in the previous type of remixes we've addressed. But so you're right, like it's not so much about recapping each one, but kind of just getting into how those two things like those two episodes like factor in the whole trial and AI rights. Right, right. Because this is not a direct remake in the way that Naked Time and Naked Now are. Yeah. Like like that's like shot for shot almost um, specifically a remake of an episode. This this like the concept is what's being reused. And I think the first thing that I'm really interested in as far as like the different ways that this is, this concept is approached is where these episodes are in the series. I agree. Yeah. I am fascinated. This is very interesting. So measure of a man is in the second season, second out of seven seasons of TNG. And we have only known, and it's in the beginning of the season too. It's the ninth episode of the season. So we've only known Data for one season. And as we all know, Data in season one of TNG is not quite Data yet. Spiner didn't know what he was doing with the character. Um, I mean, the writers didn't know what they were doing with this character. They were, they were kind he of testing things out. You know, it's like they were figuring out Data. Yeah. yeah. But the Voyager episode is literally at the end of the final season of the show. So we have just spent seven years getting to know the character of the EMH. And it's really, it's really interesting to be using this concept sort of for data to establish him as a character and 
for the doctor to use this concept to like give him a, a special present. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's almost like to graduate him. Right, right. To like, yeah. To like, I mean, because at this point in the series, in Voyager, we are starting to wrap up character stories. So we're, I think in a couple episodes, we're about to say goodbye to Neelix uh, and wrap his story up. We're, you know, until the, I mean, it's the very last episode when we wrap, when we get uh, the Torres Paris baby, we get like, you know, we're, st- we're, they're trying to very quickly shove all of this. Yeah, uh, they're like experimenting with seven dating, but then they're like, wait, wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget that. Forget we're tra- that. We're trying. We're trying to like we at this point we have relationships with these characters is what I mean. Yes, and they're trying to wrap all these stories. They're trying to end the story of Voyager right now. So the other thing that's different about these two episodes for me is that one of them, the entire focus of the episode is the trial. Mm-hmm. I mean, like literally like measure of a man, there's no other story yeah, happening. There's no B story. I mean, unless the B story is just that Philippe Lavoie and Jean-Luc Picard dated at some point, we think. Yeah. And I think that's more you of know? just just to give some meat on the bone to of the story. Up, you know, it just makes yeah, things set interesting up a and it establishes some some nice little like character touches. Um, P.S. I love it. I love it a lot. But uh, the Voyager episode, author, author, we have a lot of other plot going on. Oh, yeah. With other characters. So it is not just the doctor's story. We're, I mean, the crew are like talking to friends and family from home the whole time. We're, we're talking like we have a, a, a fucking scene where Harry's talking to his parents and his mom's like, I'm going to write a letter to your captain. We have a scene where Bolana, uh, like final talks to her father again for the first time in yeah. since he 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 like abandoned their family um we have there's a lot of like meaty there's a that whole storyline with seven like being lonely realizing that she's like feeling like oh like make- sad about not having family and then calling her yeah aunt there's a and, lot like, like in a way that-, that the even the um trial in that episode it feels like it's I don't want to say secondary, but in a way it almost feels like that's the B story or that's the main yeah. thrust of it is more of the doctor and how he's kind of offended his friends and coming to that conclusion. Um, and then it's like, oh, there's this trial thing. We're going to kind of decide what your rights are and what you are. Um, yeah. So I'll be. I'll yeah, be, it's, it's weird. Interesting. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, we recently um, did uh, Larissa's favorite Asians episode. Uh, I would mm-hmm. like to uh, honorable mention put Harry's parents <laughs> on that yes. list. Yes, yep, they're great. That is that that is such an Asian mom thing. And I love when he's like, do, "Are like, they going to give you a promotion?" And I just heard Larissa be, <laughs> "What's with not giving the Asians the promotion?" <laughs> For fuck's sake! <laughs> For fuck's sake! For fuck's sake, like, promote Hoshi Sato. I hear you, Mr. Kim. Larissa's on the Kim. same page. When are oh, they going to give you a promotion? I love that little look that Harry and Seven exchange when his mom is like, when are they going to promote you? <laughs> it's almost like a, yes, we know. We know. It's like the writers being like, we know, we understand. 
it is awkward that he is still an ensign and he is like a total grown ass adult. Like, he's basically he's basically a commander <laughs> at this point. Um, yeah. So uh, the the amount of time spent on the trials themselves is very different. Yes. We we did talk about we chose Measure of a Man. Uh, when we did our crossover episode with your inner child is an idiot, because this episode is like one of the most best episodes of TNG. I mean, it is. It's watching it again. I can watch this episode over and over and over again. It is always compelling. It is always good. The acting is great. Like the the great thing about this is that because it's set up to be so early in the series, you you get to see those moments where someone like Picard, who has had data on his crew for a year now, is still going through a process where he he himself has to reevaluate mm-hmm. what he thinks data is. Yes. And what his relationship is to data. That conversation that they have in his ready room where he where data asks that question about why doesn't everyone have a visor yes oh my god i mean that makes me sick to my stomach thinking about it so it's so powerful and i know Um, and what's great is that like picard doesn't have a response he just looks away and he like gets the point data is making yeah quick quick, before we go down the wormhole anymore um hey did i use the the title into the word sorry um, I'm trying to do a bad joke. Anyways, um, before we, I, I, the, 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 I feel like author, author, which is the Voyager episode, we probably need to refresh people's minds. Cause if you asked me before oh, yeah, I'm what sorry. author, author was, I'm like, yeah, I've seen it a long time ago. Measure of yeah. a man. Larissa's right. We talked about it not that long ago. I feel like this is an episode we really don't have to recap. It's like, you should know this episode, but in, the very basics of it is, Researcher and scientist Maddox comes to take data away and pull them apart in the name of research. Data doesn't want to, and therefore it sparks a trial about what are data's rights. Does he have the right to retire and say no and refuse? Or is he a piece of property? Is he just a toaster on wheels, as they put it, and should be fine? Picard's defending data because this JAG office in space is still being set up Riker as second highest in command has to prove you know the what am I thinking of not the defense what's the opposite of defense prosecution prosecution he's the offensive line um, yeah <laughs> yeah and, and so they go they go toe to toe and they we 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 sit on the edge of our seat biting our nails wondering oh god are they gonna take data away yep spoilers data's okay and there, and it's a great, great teleplay. It is, it is so beautifully written. Can we talk about that? Did you do? Did you read up on the teleplay? I didn't. First of all, it's pretty awesome because it is a a, a woman writer. Um. Oh yeah, that's right. Amazing, we did talk about that. Here's the amazing thing, though. It was her first TV credit. Oh. Like she was not even. She was a lawyer, which explains a lot of this. That was her inspiration. But she she sent That's it amazing. in. That's amazing. And this is her first writing credit. And it won like this award. And obviously now it's like on all these lists again as far as like the top, one of the top TNG episodes, oh. one of the top Star Trek episodes. It's like, oh my God. She was, as a writer, she was just a baby. And 
I just think that's so cool. Oh my God. That is amazing. I fucking love that. This, I mean, this episode is so good. Yeah. Every, the, every detail of the, the writing of this script is so perfect. The whole, the entire conversation between Picard and Guinan when he's preparing to cross, that is, that might be for me like the most iconic Guinan Picard conversation yes because absolutely yeah and I love I love that because I've mentioned this before when we did the crossover but especially how Guinan gets Picard to the conclusion she she basically you know talks about there's always been disposable people and you know oh think about it a whole race of data is like you know that can do all the jobs nobody wants and nobody has to handle their welfare and, and Picard's like you're talking about slavery She's like, oh, I, that seems a little harsh. And he's like, no, I think you're right. And so Guinan has this yeah. wonderful way of like getting people to that conclusion. And for me, that is such an like, iconic conversation and moment where Guinan's just, she's Guinan-ing the, the Guinan out of that. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. She's, she leads people. Yeah. She guides people to to their to a, to the conclusion instead of t- telling them what to do she helps them to to arrive there on their own and it's a very short conversation you know it's a it, very it short is. scene but it is so powerful every uh scene in this episode is important this episode the, is a well-oiled machine absolutely the fact that very specifically the character of Bruce Maddox never refers to data as he always as it that is a bi- that's big. Yes, that's that's, that's huge. very. I mean, there is nothing wrong with this episode. This episode is amazing. I do feel uh, like if I was Picard, though, like, and he started talking that way, I'd be like, excuse, excuse me, stop that, stop that, call him he, like, <laughs> right, like, right, like, but how anyways. fucking dare you? That's my friend. How dare you? The whole thing about bringing bringing back the portrait of Tasha, like. The his medals and the books and the, I mean, all the things, all the little details that we now that are now like data canon, you know, that are now like, mm-hmm. you know, turning him off, taking off his arm, having him bend a piece of like really crazy metal or whatever, you know, all these things that are now like, I mean, this episode establishes the data that we know pretty much. That this gives us this is data. Yes, this I, I think you mm-hmm. said it really good about the the position of the episodes in their respective series. This like kind of sets up and defines data for the rest of Star Trek, whereas the EMH it kind of wraps it up and it's more like a graduation right. or a send off with, right, with him right. and what he's become. And right. this is more about the potential and the journey data is going to start in yes. his TNG um, storylines. Yeah, yeah, his journey yeah. throughout the seven years. Yeah, and so the the EMH episode, author author, I mean, really really fast recap on that. The doctor writes a hollow novel that is loosely based on his experiences on Voyager, which is based is is his whole waking life. <laughs> yeah, it's what he knows. It's all he knows. He is he came into existence the first time someone summoned him in sick bay. The when Voyager was was first leaving or was first like in need of a, a medic after their doctor died and takes you through his entire experience. So like what happens is 
he uses the physical parameters of the crew to create the characters in his hollow novel. He loosely bases them on him and they're all pretty awful. I wrote in my notes, this is the closest that Voyager gets to mirror universe, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, where everyone's just evil. And we do uh, have, Jane, we do have facial hair. Uh, we have, yes. Yes. Other Tom has a mustache, creepy mustache, yep. and uh, yep. we Chakotay have has a ponytail. Evil Tuvok. Oh, who has the ponytail? Chakotay. Oh, that's right. It's like a bre- <laughs> oh god, and the tattoo. Um, I know, but he's Bajoran too. Yes, yes, and it's played for laughs. Like yeah, know. yeah. But uh, somebody gets a hold of it and sees it, and the whole crew is very offended by their depictions in this hollow novel. The doctor is also in talks to have it published with a publisher back back on earth. And he's using his, his like credits, his communication credits to talk to this publisher about this hollow novel. In the meantime, everyone else is like having conversations with their friends and family from home and blah, blah, blah. All those stories are happening at the same time. So they get to a point where like, they come to an understanding, I guess, about the hollow novel. Tom plays a very rude joke on the doctor where he goes in and like changes everything and makes it even worse in the in the hollow novel. And then uh, the doctor learns his lesson, quote unquote, and then like decides to edit it for the sake of the crew. Then he he calls his publisher and is like, I want to edit it. And he's like, sorry, I already released it. Because uh, you have no rights because you're a hologram. So then Janeway's like, nope, this is a, we're not going to do this. We're going to fight it. They try to figure out how to get him the rights to his intellectual property. And this turns into a trial about whether he actually has human rights. Because the whole point is he's not a person, so he can't have rights to the thing he created. Yeah, there's there's no um, intellectual property. There's no copyright. Like, right? You can't have the copyright because it's like if you ask a computer, what are those? What are those programs where you can like literally ask a computer? You can like plug in a few things and it'll write a story for you. Oh yeah, I don't remember what. Yeah, but the idea of it's like, well, it's just like if you had a randomly generated, yeah, you know, content by a computer or AI, like, yeah, it wouldn't own it. Yeah, and they're they or like like they do the same. Yeah, they do the same thing as that as they did with data, where they call him a toaster. They compare him to a replicator. They, you know, say disparaging things about him, basically. Uh, and then Janeway realizes that this is about more than intellectual property, and they end up calling the whole crew as character witnesses. And there's a montage of the whole crew being like, "The doctor is my friend. Uh, the doctor disobeyed a direct order, and how could he do that if he was programmed to be?" Yeah, uh, blah, blah, blah. So like, you know, and then they're like and then the judge is like, I'm not going to say you're a person, but I am going to give you control over your intellectual property. <laughs> but you are an artist. <laughs> <laughs> you're an artist, but maybe not a person. We're not sure yet. There's no pri- it's not like there's been a trial yet uh, already where um, we, where somebody established that artificial intelligence is actually sentient and uh there, there's no precedent for this. <laughs> I know. And that's actually one of the biggest things is that Problems, yeah. this whole time I'm thinking like, why wouldn't they just reference like the data? They trial? don't even Nobody mention even it. Nobody even mentions it. 
Like, oh, uh, there's- so that's one of my problems. My yeah. one of one of my other problems is <sighs> no one in the crew plays this game or plays this hollow novel and thinks, oh, my God this is how the doctor sees us. We need to apologize to him. <laughs> no, no one's like that. Like no one's like, wow. Like Janeway gets to a point where she says, it's almost like you feel oppressed. <laughs> and then we never talk about it. Then we never, t- cause, because like we've, we've established, yes, the doctor is an equal, but not really. Well, she makes the point they ask. Cause in the story, his, his, hollow emitter is like a huge backpack it's like a a hiking backpack and it's really heavy and um burdensome and they're like what the hell is up with that in the book after they've all played it yeah and he's like well i wanted i wanted the the player to or the reader to really feel the weight of it you know and um january's like well it allows it gives you so much freedom It, it liberates you you can move anywhere and he says sometimes it doesn't feel like that yeah. And, and and it's interesting because I was thinking about, in a way, this is a very, um, I wonder if people have written about this episode about just with anything when it comes to othering. And yes. it's true. Like things like that, it's like a wheelchair. A wheelchair gives a lot of freedom yeah. um, to people who are differently abled in that way. But it is like, in a way, a visual and a, and a cue, maybe a social cue that like, I'm different. I, I'm. I'm hoping. I'm saying. Yes. I'm like, am I? No, I don't want to like ab- creep into non-PC no, no, no. world here. No, but you know what I mean. It's, it's like ableism. Yeah, is there is. About. Yeah, but like basically, there are things that you can have that yes, help you, um, or aid you in some way. Um, but they also other you. But but it, it's it's not just limited to like people who are differently abled. It could be mm-hmm. you know the the skin color. Uh, yeah. It could be wearing a, a head covering of a, if you're a certain religion like. You know, there's mm-hmm. things that sometimes make you feel like you are being othered because people see you and then they put you in this other category. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that and because- so I thought that was a very interesting point about that, where he, he says that there's there's almost like there's kind of a price to pay for him. There's yeah. still and like an I emotional- wish they had actually talked about it. They mention it. But like if his whole if his whole point, the whole reason for this hollow novel was for he he talks about this for the liberation of the mark 1s that he knows are basically enslaved right now right which we found out when he goes to like save Dr. Zimmerman okay that, i was like, going to ask the, like is that all the mark 1 holograms about? are like are are doing hazardous work and that's because basically. they're considered obsolete like there's been that's better technology they're considered, they're considered obsolete as far as medical programs Okay. But because they're still useful as far as like they can do hazardous things and nobody's worried about them. Nobody cares about them. So this is basically like what Guinan was talking about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's Yeah. I have a problem with these episodes and how they relate to each other since they're in the same world too. Yes. Yes. It seems like it seems really fucked up that all of this is happening after the trial and measure of a man is supposed to set a precedent. Yeah. It it is it is difficult for me to believe that in the 24th century in the future that 
there would be people that would look at a trial like that and not think that that decision would apply to any artificial intelligence and not only androids of a of a sophisticated caliber like yeah there is that one episode where that crazy uh, ho- like hologram like freeze he like destroys the ship and he liberates the holograms and they have like oh yeah subroutines and they're just like please state the nature and yeah Taurus is like you idiot they're like, like <laughs> you we're not the that kind maker, of holograms basically. yeah 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 but yeah this that certain ai of a certain level of sophistication sophistication and awareness like well, it would yeah apply to them. that it's that tipping point of sentience yeah like, yeah of, of self awareness yeah I, this might be a little bit of a side rant but i i guess i found that confusing because i couldn't remember where that had come into play the the you know all those holograms being doing the the dirty work but part of me also was like wouldn't they you know it's like when you just upgrade your technology you just you just upgrade it it's not like we have people who are still well i was gonna say still using aol but i have family members who are but you know it's not like the technology from 20 years ago we're not like what are we gonna do with these things it's just yeah so it's weird to think that like with the holograms they they are in this world, they are seen just as technology, just as a computer program. Yeah. So why would it be like, oh, what should we do with these holograms? I guess we'll mine them. It's like, why don't you just upgrade them to, um, what's right. his name? Andy Dick. And then, yeah. and then you, you would just have just, like, new yeah, holograms but, for like that are more yeah. basic for that. We don't really, we don't really understand how this technology works. I don't understand how this works. It doesn't it seems like like each hologram is its own physical thing instead of a piece of software. You know, like there's it's not we're not clear. We're not clear on how all of that works. It's frustrating that it it does seem like there's no connection at it's, all. It's almost like these writers weren't in the same room and they were just trying to build off of, you know. <laughs> well, it's almost like they didn't even watch that episode it's almost like they didn't even consider it and they were just like it's it almost feels like this is a new they were like "Ooh, i've got an idea what if we're you know and and they didn't think oh we've done this before or like the long term yeah 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 or like the that the other episode might have relevance to this one i guess one thing that i always uh, also found kind of weird is that like the fact that um the EMH did get eventually so much development as a individual, you know, mm-hmm. and, and self-awareness. And uh, I know there's probably a simple reason, but how do I, how do I put this? He has so much emotion. So they could do that for a hologram, but they could never do that for data. That was just like one of those weird thoughts. I was like, Hmm. Yeah. Although they did make an emotion chip, obviously. Yeah, it's really it really is the emotional aspect of of the character that allows them to develop like develop him personally and individually. And um, I know, in a human yeah, and way. I know EMH is like based off of Zimmerman as a template. It's just like, yeah, sorry, random thought. Yeah. So really quickly, like going back to to like my whole problem with the fact that the crew is just mad that they look bad in this hollow novel. And they're not thinking about like maybe why the EMH has depicted them in these ways. 
and that maybe there are some kernels of truth in the the like the terrible behavior that they're seeing in these characters like a lot of these things have kind of happened to the doctor over the course of the last seven years he has been treated like he's not a person by this crew even though they did come around and he is a part of the crew now like these are things that actually happened you know like being called a tool like they were gonna restart his program yeah you know and to they him, have, like, that is they death. Have in some cases yes exactly so like they killed him <laughs> you know like these are these are legit things that ha- that happened like there's there's Bolana calling him a tool like you're you're just like this hyper spanner like th- yeah. those are things that that like have happened that he's been he's been told that he's not that he's just a tool and he's not uh an actual living thing so and then and then again the character of seven being the only character in the or like three of nine or whatever yeah. her name is in the two of three the, I think yeah something um is the only character that protects him that stands up she's for him a fellow yeah, yeah yes because they do have degree. they do have a relationship a friend mm-hmm. a strong friendship out you know in the real world in which she has stood up for him like she's the one that stood up for him when Janeway deleted those memories of him having to sacrifice the life of one of his one of his crewmates um and then he like had an existential crisis about it i forget what that episode is called but that's an excellent episode it's a wonderful yeah and seven is the one that goes to janeway and she's like this is fucked up and uh you should not be making this decision for him it's not up to you and that and then janeway's like but he's a hologram and and seven's like but really i thought he was a member of your crew so like these things are real, but like when the crew walks through this hollow novel, what they see is like, oh, people are going to think we're awful instead of like, oh my God, I kind of did do that to him, didn't I? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I you know t- it's, it's funny because I don't think the, I don't think the writers were thinking I, about it that way. And this might be, and this might be the problem that this episode has where maybe it's trying to do a few too many things. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of a comedy and, but it, he wants to talk about. The book aspect, like, yes, he basically has loosely, like, again, it's Tom, but he's a mustache yes. <laughs> or something like that. Like someone's hair color is different. Um, but he is doing things that are just pure sensationalism. Like Tom is cheating on his wife, like, and is yeah. not a very savvy person. Janeway shoots one of her own crew members. Yeah. So, you know, so there are things that they are, I think, and I'm not saying this, this goes against what you're saying. It's more of just like, to some degree, he goes so far. There is so, so much for the shock value. There is so much sensationalism at their expense. You know, there's no reason why Tom has to cheat on his wife in order to liberate or inspire liberation. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I will say seven, like it is true that seven's his friend, but I saw it as seven was actually being objectified by, Oh yeah. To some degree. Cause she has like the jewelry and you know, her hair is like down more flowy. Like to me, she was written more, you know, that echoed like his, you know, the fact that he has a crush on her basically. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I mean, everything is, Exactly like you said, sensationalized. I do agree that like Seven is on many levels and especially in Tom's rewrite 
very much objectified. Oh, yes, in, yes. And I feel like Tom's these, version, even though you're right, it's mean, is to come across like how, yeah. So, so, but I'm like, sorry. But, but for, to, I guess what I'm saying is that yeah. for, for in that case, like Tom is missing the point to me because all of these, even though these are exaggerations and this is a very sensational story and he's like expanding everything to be like, you know, drama, drama, drama. There are kernels of truth everywhere. So, for example, Jane Wade wouldn't shoot one of her own crew in order to manipulate the doctor into caring for one person over another. No, right? Although she did, that wouldn't happen. She did kill Tuvix. She did kill Tuvix, and she did. So, so I mean, not like that. that that's a good, but... but that's an example, though. That's an example, though, of in the past, the doctor has been forced to provide care in ways that he would not recommend or would not choose to do in, yeah. in ways that he would not have been manipulated if he had been a human crew member as opposed to a holographic crew member. So that has n- not the specifics of it with Janeway killing someone, but he has been bullied by crew members to do specific things because he's a hologram. And that is the truth. He has been name called by crewmen, crew, crewmates because he's a hologram. He has been told he's not a person. He has been, he has been told that expanding his program is unnecessary. You know? So like all of these things come from places of truth. And for me, I think you're right that this episode is trying to do too many things. But I would have loved if that was the focus of this episode, if it was like the crew being like, fuck, like, you know what? Like, you're right. Like, we treated you like shit. And like, if the trial, like the way that the way that it does in Measure of a Man, where the trial itself is what forces the crew to rethink how they see this artificial intelligence, how they see data if this trial had made the crew of Voyager rethink how they f- really feel about the doctor and how how their actions show the doctor how they feel about him or in a and way really rethink those, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In a way, it's almost like um, <laughs> it's the only thing that that makes us a remix and how it ties in measure of a man. But I, I don't think in the end you actually need the trial like I think they wanted to have that somewhere and mm-hmm. this is how they got it but it almost feels like and you know it's like okay well how does this trial even start oh uh copyright okay he's ready you know yeah. it almost feels like they wanted to get there and they weren't sure but yeah like to some degree I don't think you even need that part of the story um it, it could have standed on just the fact that it, it reaches this like <laughs> we're pissed off at you for writing this book and then he's kind of like okay, maybe this wasn't the most tactful, tactful thing, but you, like you said, expressing some of these and then it's yeah. like, oh. And even without the trial, like them coming to grips with like, what is, what is the rights? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because now that I think and about even it, then- like, 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 yeah, exactly. Like less about a trial where it's about rights and more legal, but more about the philosophical part of it. Yes, like, yes, yes, absolutely. And even then they could bring up like, you know what? I remember the that there was a there was actually a trial 
on the Enterprise where where like they talk they could even talk just even like say like this was a thing and the they decided that like yes he was sentient and that he he could dictate what he wanted to do with his own life he could make his own choices and like could that not apply here like they could even they don't even have to have a a zoom trial (laughs) (laughs) a video chat trial in order to get to that place you know they could like I mean, I even wrote in my fucking notes after seven years, the crew finally literally walks in the doctor's shoes Mm, and they still and they still don't they don't completely arrive. There's yeah, you know, we're just talking about that great Picard scene where, you know, Data says like, you know, Jordy's eyes are superior yeah. So so again, like, why doesn't every crew member have them? And Picard just gets it. Yeah. There's, you know, that they no, almost attempt no that. Uh-huh. And then, yeah. Yeah. Janeway's like, well, it sounds like you feel oppressed. And he's like, yes. Yeah. And <laughs> she's, she's like, but like, you've oh. always been like, but then she does the thing that, that, you know, like we, that we see a lot in our culture now where, where she's like, but you've always been a member of the crew. You've always been equal. And not like, tell me more why you feel that way. Exactly. And, and like erasing his, his feelings basically by just being like, but you've always been equal, which is not true, which is a hundred percent not true. Yeah. It's almost like what this episode could have been is just them all getting pissed because it really does show them in a bad light. And they're worried that people will take this as reality. Um, about what's going on on the ship. And they're also about to be home. They're about to... Yeah, yeah. So they're like, oh my God. Yeah. So I, it almost feels like that would be the big re- revelation is that they finally kind of realize that where the doctor's coming from and mm-hmm. resolving that and having a good friend moment, as Larissa always says. Yeah. But instead, it, it rolls into the trial. And again, like you said, it's almost like, well, we're not sure about you as a person, but we're going to talk about your your artist rights yeah yeah but you can keep the rights to your intellectual property i mean it it is you're right it would have been it would have been way more interesting to see some more character stuff at the end some some more like you know like i don't care really what a an old federation white dude has to say about the doctor i want to i want to hear what my other friends have to say about the doctor you know like i want to see i want to see like my friends the crew of voyager i want to see them have a moment like i don't give a shit about this this like this judge that we have no relationship with and we (laughs) don't care about him at all and we don't even he doesn't even have a name like who cares what he thinks i want to know what janeway thinks I want to know if she watched that and then was like, shit, you know what, doctor, you're fucking right. You're right. I, and I thought that I had gotten to a place where like I had changed, but when I experienced your hollow novel, I realized that I have more work to do. And that's a message that like currently we need to be hearing, Mm -hmm. you know, where where people are like because there's so many people out there that are like I'm anti-racist or like I'm a feminist and like but and so I can never do anything wrong mm. and that's not true it's a process the process of looking at a marginalized group 
as human when you've been taught for generations that they're not is a process that takes time. And we could have received that a little bit of education about that from this episode, but we don't really. They, they're just like, but we, but we did good job for you already. We're so nice to you most of the time already. And you were just so mean to us with the way that you wrote our characters and you got to fix it. Like it, it like could have been beautiful. Everyone except, of course, for Neelix, who gets it. Right. Neelix always Neelix gets it. Well, Neelix um, is but like, Neelix yeah, maybe is a- just be a little nicer, and you can still have the kernel of truth you're trying to write. Yeah, like yeah. he still understands. He still fucking gets it, as he always does, because he is a caring person. It's it's almost like there's. Uh, like again, a, a few too many things going on in the episode. Yeah. Um, when you really start to look at it, I mean, actually, I have to admit, like, it, it, I had fun watching it. But it's oh yeah, I'm not. The, I mean, this is this is criticism. Yes, of, we are analyzing this and comparing yeah. it to one of the most successful episodes in Star Trek. History. Right. I very much enjoyed watching this episode. I very much enjoy watching Voyager. I just feel like this because because I watched them in right. chronological yeah. order yeah. The- so if you watch this episode in chronological order as as far as like you're watching voyager it's like oh yeah this is great but if you watch this episode right after measure of a man i mean the nuance the it's incomparable i just can't get past the point where i'm like this i'm sure this trial made huge historical waves in in law like this that's for me it was just continuity yeah. of like if if data went through this years before surely it would be you know um somewhat talked about in regards to the defense or the prosecution surely tuvok would have brought this up right <laughs> you would think i mean tuvok is his is his defense or is his is like basically they they show tuvok as defending him Yes, yes. And Tuvok doesn't bring up this trial, Data's trial? Tuvok, of all people. <laughs> you know, tu- like Tuvok, who knows all the things, who is <laughs> very old things. and has been, ed- who was probably around in Starfleet at the time that it happened. You know, like, what the fuck? I do like it when they're like, oh, your logic is flawed. And he raises that eyebrow to be like, oh, what did you just say? Uh, you did what not just say that did to you me. Just say, yeah. How <laughs> dare you? Yeah, this episode, I because the the part with the novel and everyone being a a, a a horrible version of themselves for the sake of the story, that could have been a story, or like just a hologram program or a book where they're like, this is embarrassing, and it just be a silly episode about them, and then the the um, you know, the EMH. Uh, coming to a place of understanding where the image realizes like the flaws and just, you know, I will take this physical parameters and add a mustache. Um, that could have been an episode. Uh, the trial, however they got to it, AI writes, cool. Maybe that's the episode. That's an idea right there. Mm-hmm. Um, the version we're talking about where, yes, you have this and he's going to get it published. Take out the publisher. And before he even approaches the publisher, maybe he's got the chip that's last in right. line. And, right. and it's about, them coming to terms with the EMH and how he feels and them hashing it out and having good friend moment. Yeah. That could have been that, but and actually addressing we go from the, a very this, like this possibility of like, or addressing the, the whole like thing that they kind of like touch on, which is like oppression. 
and our relationship to other people's oppression. But yeah. <laughs> and it gets it gets kind of like heavy very fast. It, it, it's almost like the episode's not quite committed to any one element. It's not quite yeah, or committed tone, to the whole liberation even. thing. And it's not quite committed to the AI thing. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end when they show all the EMHs that are like, tell the guy to put on program 642, you know. Um, yeah. You know, it's the little, it's the other EMHs that are, you know. Because the program has been leaked ahead of time because yeah. they didn't, the publisher thought EMH had no rights. So, of course, hundreds and thousands of people are being exposed to it. And yeah. it's supposed to be like, see, the doctor has already influenced this. See, and I I will say that I did like that because we talk a lot about how the ends of Star Trek episodes are just like, and everything's fine. And this was like, there's more work to do. I like that. Yeah. I just didn't think that they raised the stakes <laughs> as high as they could have, I- especially when it comes to like the crew realizing that they're, they have been part of the problem, you know? Yeah. They, uh, they kind of like drop that. It's just like yeah. a five minute thing. It, it's almost <laughs> like they wanted to, again, I think this is like, they needed to get to the trial. How do we get to the trial? Yeah. And they made some decisions that maybe weren't the best for a 45 minute episode. Yeah. And they, so they kind of just like, kind of glossed over it. Thank you. Gloss over is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. They definitely did. Yeah. And I, and I don't think that the writers were thinking about it as a big deal. The, the focus is on the EMH was being insensitive and not the EMH was actually telling the truth a little bit. You know, I think they were trying to do both and those things. Maybe yeah, and it didn't really it didn't really <laughs> didn't really it would, do it. You know, yeah. um, I mean, I I uh, measure of a man makes me cry. Like it makes me have tears <laughs> in my eyes. This I did have a little tear moment, but it was when Seven was talking to her aunt. Oh, and it was not like when the whole crew is like telling nice stories about the doctor, which is when it should have been, you know, and also with the seven and her aunt that was very like when it was the moment it was the moment when her aunt said and this is actually a like potentially like neurodivergent moment Mm -hmm. when her aunt was like you uh would you would always make sure to tell me if the strawberries weren't ripe and she's and she says like of course you would always let me know if the strawberries weren't ripe it's supposed to be a very cute story and it's so so sweet it's so funny like she's just making a joke and seven's like oh i'm sorry if i offended you i I shouldn't have called yeah yeah she like can't take that that tone of yeah because she doesn't understand she doesn't understand that she's just she's making She's making conversation. She's joking, and she's she's like she's taking a little she's showing affection at her. Yeah, and she's yeah. also showing her affection, mm-hmm. and she seven doesn't get doesn't read that, and that just like made oh seven yeah yeah I definitely noticed like, that um, yeah it made me like I mean thinking about it right now I'm having <laughs> it's very it's very lovely but like I wish that I had had that those feelings when I was hearing all his friends say nice things about him. Hey, you question know? real quick. Um, what episode is it where he becomes the, the singing on that planet and he decides oh, to stay? Oh, I forget. Was that, That's I wonder if that was before or after episode. this episode. Cause it's also late, but it's like, 
It's before this episode. Is it? Because then it's, it's before like, this episode. Yeah. Yeah, they were gonna leave him on another planet to pursue happiness and fame. Like, if that doesn't scream thinking of someone, I, I mean, that more is like I'm surprised that was virtuoso. Evidence. I'm surprised that wasn't evidence. Like, we were gonna leave him on a planet to yeah. <laughs> pursue to a life, be a singer, to like literally be a professional singer. He's, yeah. Yeah, they didn't even bring that up. That's he fell that, in love with that episode. Like, yeah, that episode is called Virtuoso. Yeah, it is season six, episode thirteen. So that's definitely before this. Way, but it's the whole season before this. I think, unfortunately, too, it, that's a great episode to talk about right now because I think that's some of the problems with this episode, um, where we kind of have some of that emotional confusion with mm-hmm. on the viewer side, is that I feel like a lot of storylines are like, "Hey, the EMH." is an ass and yes. he gets knocked down a peg. And so they're kind of going for that here where it's like he's being an ass with this story. And it's also just a really bad story. Like the writing is yeah. exactly, it's very like you yeah. know, pulp novel. Um, and uh, it, there's some of that where it's like, isn't the doctor an ass? Watch Tom give him, you know, some of it back at him. Yeah, but, yeah, it does conflict with what you're talking about. Kind of the revelation that like the doctor doesn't always feel like part of the family, or he feels yeah. other. So it, again, it it's sort of just like there's a lot of things going on. In I mean, this one. I mean, even specifically like the thing with Tom. Tom literally went into his program without his consent, and changed a bunch of shit to teach him a lesson. Which is like, well, in a lot of ways, what his publisher did by putting out his novel without his consent. So like Tom going in there to do that is Tom not really treating him like a person. I mean, I was I was so mad at Tom. I was like, fuck you, Tom. Fuck you, Tom. Like you are just like that was just such a childish thing to do. And I don't think it would read that way if it if the episode was just trying to be more silly and fun yeah you know if it was more of a wacky star trek episode where it was like tag you know like yeah this little warring holonaut you know like it could or an episode where it's like no one's quite happy with the story so people start going in and making changes you know like like every like harry's like oh i'm a hypochondriac and the next time you see him harry's like super buff and everyone loves him and he's always got like a woman you know like yeah they could have taken a much more silly tone with it and yeah like i said the episode is not the worst star trek episode i've ever seen by by far but it seemed like there were three good ideas in this episode that they were trying to cram in one and each of them got sacrificed a little bit yes yes and and from my perspective there's a missed opportunity to really talk about oppression and or I othered, know, like I, just, I said, which is yeah, which yeah, is kind we, of another or, yeah, thing. which is a which is a form of oppression. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, well, you could have again, again, like we've said this about about previous episodes too. Like you had a chance to do a thing, but you didn't do the thing, <laughs> and that's just huh. you know whatever. Um, I do want to just share uh, an observation that I had that uh, I thought was funny when we're uh, introduced to the beginning of the hollow novel and it's the doctor sitting at that desk with like the smoking jacket <laughs> yes. on. I don't know if you ever played the computer game mist. 
No, but I definitely know what that game is. My brother was very much into it, and Keith loves it. Yeah. Uh, well, when you win the game, there's just there's a guy sitting at a desk in like a smoking jacket writing, and he like turns around and he acknowledges you, and that's the end of the game. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Talk about a letdown. And, yeah, I mean, it's you're really like, wait, what? And then you can just like walk around the world. Oh, you're um. Like, okay. Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, I was video very, very obsessed with have, this game. I had a oh. missed notebook where I like wrote all of my like clues and stuff down. But like that was all I could think about was like he's that guy at the end of Mist. <laughs> <laughs> I read that apparently um, Robert Picardo kept the smoking jacket, and I think the I think the one Tom that wore because you know there's that scene where he's the author. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that one was sold off, but I think Picardo. Um, which also, like Robert Picardo, I is such a great actor. I think he's my favorite. I love him actor in Voyager, and I love. I think he probably had so much fun doing this, especially the scene where Tom rewrites his character, and he's this so good. Yeah, so good. I love it. The the seven is like it hurts when I move my arm, and he's like, well then don't do that. Ha ha ha. Like he. <laughs> so I mean, that's uh, this episode is really both both episodes. Are fun just to see their actors. I mean, uh, yes, you know, it, it, the, the Measure of a Man is just a very talky episode. It's a very Star Trek episode, but just the acting is so great with everyone involved. Um, yeah, and then and then this is fun in a completely different way to see people out of character. I mean, again, that Riker scene where he like is looking, ah. at, where he discovers the thing, and then he realizes that he it's gonna be bad for his friend. Oh. Yeah. Like I'm proving my case, but I don't want to win. And that scene, that scene has no dialogue. There's yeah, no dialogue again, in that scene at all, and it's him by himself. Oh, so good. Yeah, I mean, again, we're talking about like so much being said without saying it, and that's another yeah. like Picard with Data about the eyes, Riker like just checking on the screen, and we just see it in his face. Good face acting. Oh no! I know. Then I would even say again, like Guinan, her delivery of yeah, she's saying something, but she's yeah. not saying that point. You know. Ugh. Whoopi ah. Goldberg, like, you're just a fucking treasure. You're a treasure. We love you. You're a fucking treasure. And who's um, the JAG officer? Philippe. Philippe Lavois. Yeah, I love that name, by the way. Oh, uh, and we talked about this in the uh, the episode where we, we did yeah. a crossover, right? Philippe Lavois is played by Amanda McBroom, who is also a songwriter who wrote the song The Rose. Oh yeah, that very very fucking famous song. Yeah, how awesome crazy. is that? She wrote um, the rose, you guys. She's, I mean, if I you love don't. Her. Yeah, if you heard it, you'd be like, oh, this song. Like, yeah. you know the song even if you don't think you do. Oh yeah. Um, but I was gonna say another thing. It was like, what a great uh, dialogue she and Picard have. Again, giving subtext and context without being like. With their whole thing, with obviously yeah. she was involved with the stargazer. Um, Court you, know, you could tell they had a relationship, yeah. but because her legal duty of prosecuting him with a court martial after that whole thing, yeah, you know, the dialogue feels very natural. The, their introduction to each other is wonderful. Their chemistry is great. <laughs> their chemistry is great, but it's so and and you never know exactly what happened, but it just the dialogue they have gives you enough, and they just feel very real and natural. Yeah. Well, and it's just it's it's also you just understand and and you you're it's somewhat invested in all the players. Where like yeah. you said in author author, it's like now there's this random guy 
Yeah, and I don't fucking table. care about him. I don't care about him, and I don't care what yeah. he thinks. Um, yeah, it's very it's very interesting how like sort of a similar skeleton can be used in such a different way. Ah, uh, Larissa, we I don't want to say we like dumped on this episode, but we just recorded two episodes, um, and I feel like in both of them we're we're just like. Mah. I mean, I think we need to make sure our next one we, yeah, talk about. I don't want to say happy. What am I trying to say? Maybe we do another favorites. Maybe, yeah. Or like we were gonna do episodes that make us cry. Oh, (laughs) that's happy. Uh, But like, but like from feelings, from you know, like we could talk. We could talk about like, you know, we haven't talked about talked about offspring yet. Oh, oh, that would make me cry. That's yeah. a good episode. It's a really good episode. Either that, and or we kind need of, to do like each pick one of our personal like good friend stories. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll do something. We gotta. Yeah, I mean, and the the thing is, like, we we're just we were just being critical of it because like we're comparing it to when it like pretty much the best episode that's ever existed of the franchise. That yeah, you know, yeah. it's a high bar. Like, Measure of a Man is excellent. It's like, a good piece it is, of Star Trek and it's a good piece of writing, TV writing. Yes. It's just, yeah. I mean, it is an excellent piece of art. Like it is yeah. very, very, very well done in every way. Like it is high bar. Yeah. It's one of the best episodes of television, period. True. True. You know, I would, I would say that. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's OK to like <laughs> to be critical when you're comparing something to to something else that's so good so i'm not i don't feel bad Fair enough i don't feel Fair bad enough. about it okay i, I take it all back it. take <laughs> it all back then and we got into some serious stuff you know like i i mean these are these are human rights episodes yeah so like to be critical of of an episode that's trying to talk about human rights but then doesn't really talk about it is okay <laughs> <laughs> Right, exactly. I think, I think that's rights, fine. Just artist rights, copyright. Yeah. This is copyright. This is the legendary Star Trek copyright, copyright episode. Copyright law <laughs> episode. Oh my god! The time that Star Trek tried to talk about human rights, but ended up talking about intellectual property rights instead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, yeah. Well, we'll have you know. We'll have more fun Star Trek for you soon or something. Yeah. Have, I have a. I hope you're having a great summer. I hope people are vaccinated and seeing their families finally. Yes. Yes. Enjoy. Know. Have good friend moments. Have and good we'll friend moments. We'll catch you later. Yay! Bye. Find us in the collective at intothewormhole.show. On Instagram at intothewormhole.podcast. Into the Wormhole is brought to you by We Own This Town. I've always had like a little crush on Tuvok. <laughs> you like brooding I alcoholics like... and Damar and and then uh, and an emotionally unavailable man. Yep. What does this say about you? <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs>